Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everybody listening wherever and whenever this podcast finds you. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the Bitcoin Weekly Wrap-Up for 15th of November, 2019. This week's wrap-up is once again brought by eToro. It's a really cool platform that lets you buy and sell Bitcoin safely and securely, and they actually existed prior to Bitcoin, and they offer tools for both new traders to experienced traders. So say that you're new to trading. You can actually use their copy trading uh, program on their site. And this basically lets you allocate a certain percentage of your portfolio to multiple or one or whatever successful traders that you find. And it just automates it. So whenever they trade an asset, so do you. You you could find guys who know what they're doing and you get the benefit of their experience, but they also get a small percentage of what you made off of them. Everybody wins. And if you go to digitalcrypto.com slash E-T-O-R-O, that's slash E-T-O-R-O, you will get 50 bucks for free. So once again, everybody wins. They know that you came from the site. So please do that and show some love to our sponsor. So let's look at the price as of uh, 12.56 p.m. and the 15th of um, November here, we are at 84.84. So nice little round number there. Uh, Before we get into the first story, there's a piece of clarification from the IRS this week that dropped on the 13th. And I've talked about this uh, IRS basically guidance for the past few wrap-ups or in past few wrap-ups. And they had previously stated that airdrops were considered income, which means if you're, let's say, holding an Ethereum address and a token just dropped, uh, you know, their token evenly to every Ethereum holder that held their own private keys, then that was actually considered income. And you had to report that. And if you held an Ethereum address, um, you know, in 2018, after they gave this guidance or before they gave this guidance, you'd still have to go back and do all that kind of good stuff. Apparently, they clarified to say that when a project drops free tokens to private key holders, they actually don't apply. So airdrops don't qualify as airdrops, I guess. So that's just pretty, pretty beautiful. Uh, counsel for the IRS, legal counsel for the IRS, uh, is also stated, although it's actually not written, um, that like-kind exchanges, even before the guidance in 2018, um, doesn't apply. So prior to, in like 2013, 2014, let's just say you had you know $5,000 worth of Bitcoin and you traded for $5,000 worth of Ethereum at launch, Prior to that, everyone just kind of took it the way that property works. So if I have a $150,000 house, you have a $150,000 house, we trade it. Uh, there's no actual income there because you're just trading a you know like-kind exchange. And that's the way that because the IRS was classifying Bitcoin as property, everyone just assumed that's what it was and based what they did on that. Uh, so they are saying that you now and they in 2018 they said that that doesn't apply to bitcoin so going forward we knew that we knew that there was a taxable event every time we bought or sold bitcoin whether it was for us dollars or for another asset but now they're saying that that doesn't apply and you need to go all the way back um it's to me it's always ridiculous to backdate these events uh, when there was no guidance at the time and there's quite a few people that would have likely changed their behavior to plan their investing, their trading, all this kind of stuff to match what their tax implications would be. People doing this at a smaller level, it's not such a big deal, but people doing this at a really big level going on the idea that 
it's a like kind exchange because it's classified as property. You could be looking at a really big uh, back tax bill. If this does apply to you, you need to go back and do that. I got a letter because of the way that I reported. I wasn't underreporting the uh, amount of money I made it. I just wasn't, I didn't file the right form alongside of my report. And so it's just been a, a nightmare and I'm actually still not even through that. So please go back and do that. Don't, uh, don't, you know, forget about it and then wait for them to actually come after you because when they do that, you get interest, you get penalties. It's not a fun day. Uh, so let's look at the first story of the day. UPS announced that uh, in partnership with Herdex, they attract, monitored, and delivered a beef shipment using their partner's blockchain-based tracking program from Kansas to a steakhouse in Japan. So I'm wondering how long it's going to take for people to realize that these uses are just a waste of time. It's a reinventing of the wheel that doesn't need to exist. Let's go over quickly why this is so. Bitcoin uses blockchain so that the entire history can be validated, and thus individuals, myself, yourself, whoever's watching, around the world can ensure that the transactions are valid. So that if you send me 15 Bitcoin to buy a house, you aren't trying to screw me over and actually never held that Bitcoin or you set that off and you're trying to double spend it. This is so we don't have to trust third-party intermediaries like banks or payment processors. All we have... Uh, we all have the incentive to not collude and allow, and miners do as well, to allow these transactions, uh, invalid transactions to be validated because we want to be able to trust that transaction and all the transactions that are sent to us are actually valid. This person actually has what they say they have, that they sent me, what they say they sent me. The entirety of the network is incentivized to promote truth. So this is a decentralized network. There's no central authority that becomes that can become corrupted and provide bad data. In the logistics and shipping world, there are hundreds of providers who have programs that track shipments already. They provide data on the current location. They show when it's delivered. This has been around for a while. It's not like they were just putting stuff in a cargo ship up until now and just hoping and waiting for a call for someone to say, okay, I got it. The stuff already exists. So these Pro, you know, things like Herdex, things like all these blockchain logistics, you know, um, applications. These are all, for the most part, centralized systems that offer an attack vector that Bitcoin does not offer. That being a single point of failure, which is the company that runs the systems, which is the servers that the company has that runs this blockchain. If that company is hacked or members of the company on the inside just decide not to provide accurate data to their clients. Those clients will suffer, lose money, lose shipments, or all of the above. So quote unquote blockchain tracking offers really no benefit over previous systems as they are usually all centralized systems um, themselves or what we call permission blockchains. They require permission to join. They require permission to participate. On the other hand, permissionless blockchains like Bitcoin require no one for you to download this with a wallet, spin up a node, and start accepting and um, sending transactions. It means that anybody in the world, whoever wants to, can actually help to validate and make sure that the validity of the blockchain is actually good in a permissionless system. With these permission ones, they don't. The only people that are validating them are they themselves or maybe the company that they're working with also. But, you know, if, if they really... I don't want to get too deep into it, but it's it's it offers really no benefit over what's already happening because you're just 
trusting a centralized third party to tell you the truth with their version of an Excel spreadsheet tracking program, or you trusting them to, uh, to provide you with the truth on a blockchain that they control. So with a permissionless uh, blockchain, you have all of the downsides or I'm sorry, with a permission blockchain, you have all of the downsides of the current system with, I'm sorry, um, I kind of lost track there of, uh, I thought that um, my video had bumped out there, but anyways, uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, with, with permissioned uh, blockchains, you have all the downsides, all the, all the problems of the current centralized systems with only the use of a buzzword blockchain as really this value add to it. If herd X was compromised, those beef shipments are also compromised or at the very least the data. Um, and at the worst, the shipments could be rerouted and stolen ones uh, show or would be showing fat, fake data up to being marked as delivered when they're actually not delivered. Even if they went permissionless, they would be vulnerable to 51% attacks since they would be very small and cheap to attack with a small amount of investment in hash power to do so. Besides that, Bitcoin's security model needs energy to be expended to mine. So that uh, is what makes it difficult for attackers to ever get to the point that they can attack the network and disincentivizes them from doing so because the money is so important. Beef shipments are not that important. I mean, they do have value and all that kind of stuff, but in terms of securing the data, it's reporting, it's not that valuable compared to money. Uh, also, let's recognize that Bitcoin is native to the digital network. What these blockchains are doing with the beef shipments is tracking a physical object, a digital representation of a physical object. Uh, object. With Bitcoin, you can't separate a UTXO, an unspent transaction output, that is, which we actually call the Bitcoin in your wallet or whatever is a UTXO set. You can't separate that uh, from the Bitcoin network, but you know, cause it's all like the bit, the Bitcoin network is actually Bitcoin, right? With this, the Herdex network is basically just whatever data that they say is the truth is on there. And then you also have completely really separated from that is the actual physical object. You can usually easily swap a tracking code or GPS device that transmits location data from the box holding the beef to a box holding underwear. There's no way to securely immutably tie the physical and the digital together in the way that Bitcoin does with its, it's 100% digital. It's totally intermixed. You can't separate the two, but you can separate that beef shipment from the digital representation of what's showing on that um, permission blockchain. So the next story is about China's digital currency. A few weeks ago, we talked about how China's central bank had announced that they're pursuing a basically a digital one um, on a blockchain, which is going to be permissioned as well. Uh, but they had some recent announcement announcements to include plans for a quote unquote balanced approach to privacy and anti-money laundering. Uh, it might be butchering his name, but Shengsha Mu, the head of research for the PBOC, the People's Bank of China, um, their digital currency wing said in a speech on in Singapore in, I'm sorry, I'm all tongue tied today in a speech in Singapore uh, that the PBOC wouldn't, uh, quote, seek full control of user personal details, unquote, while providing the ability to counter money laundering and illegal activities. And this is really just double talk as they will control access as they always do and already do to the financial services that are available to citizens. 
and they may not require a full download of personal details, you know, like data, uh, um, you know, city of birth or mother's, mother's maiden name um, to create a wallet or an account or whatever, however this works out. But they will, through their already extensive use of, of surveillance um, and metadata that they collect, uh, know who owns what, really, um, except their own secret accounts, probably, of course. Although a few days later, they announced that the Digital One uh, has actual no set launch date. So they came out and said, well, it doesn't actually have a set launch date. Don't get too excited. And it's still in research phase. But this was after a scam site popped up with a countdown clock saying countdown to the Digital One release. Um, and this site offered uh, the ability to trade the Digital One early. And basically, it was a scam site trying to uh, steal people's personal information um, you know, I, it, it, as well as their money, if they did send it through or if they did get their personal contact information, probably going to hit them up with other scams to try to get money if they didn't do it the first, second or third time. The digital one will launch at some point, make no mistake about it. And it's going to just it's going to be an absolute surveillance state nightmare. Um, the last story that I had today, and it's going to make this Bitcoin or this Bitcoin weekly wrap up a bit longer than usual, perhaps, or actually we're at 13 minutes. So it's, it's that may not, but one coin has been in the news lately, uh, especially after the BBC series, the missing crypto queen became the number one podcast in the UK with over a million downloads. And that was last week. I don't actually know what it is right now. It's probably quite, quite a bit uh, more. So I interviewed Bjorn Bjorki. He was a, a whistleblower for one coin just last week. And I have an interview that I just did last night on Thursday that's coming out Monday with Tim Curry, also known as Temptation. He worked for years exposing the scam and warning people who were getting caught up in it um, or to try to get people either out, don't put any more money in, or if you, if you haven't put any money, don't, that sort of thing. Just relentless in this. Um, OneCoin may end up being the biggest Ponzi in history, and it's already one of the bigger ones in modern history. So... Earlier this year, Konstantin uh, Ignatova, he was the brother of the founder of OneCoin, Dr. Ruzha Ignatova. Um, he got uh, arrested, I think back in March, and he's been spilling the beans. And a few days ago, he pled out on a up to 90-year prison sentence with the promise not to be charged with any future wrongdoing that's uncovered. So basically, he's only getting charged for what's been uncovered so far. Anything else that gets revealed from here on out, he can't be charged um, with, with more of this stuff out there, which really tells you what kind of wall this and corner this guy was backed into, where he's willing to, to roll the dice with maximum 90 years sentence just so that what else comes out, he doesn't get hit with tells you that what may come out is going to be even worse. Um, so the BBC reported that he could be moved into witness protection due to threats that have been uncovered in court documents and are probably going to come out due to testimony that he's going to be giving. Um, so my theory is this, and Tim and I will discuss it last night, um, and you can hear his response to that. And... I believe that OneCoin is, you know, much bigger 
than just a pure Ponzi scheme. I mean, it, it's massive in that respect, but I think it's actually bigger because I believe it was used to launder a massive amount of money from Russian, Eastern European, and other probably organized crime families. OneCoin was built on MLM resellers and all quote-unquote legitimate people who were paid money for referrals. Um, all of these were quote-unquote legitimate people uh, that were paid referral bonuses for getting people to buy OneCoin packages. Um, this is just a theory, but this is how I think it worked. OneCoin probably had some sort of secret tier, like they have different tiers based on your selling level and how much your commission bonuses are and all this kind of stuff. They had some sort of deal with these clean front men that acted like MLM resellers who would represent these illegal interests. They would create a fake network of people below them and what the MLM people call a downline. That's basically just peer, people in the pyramid um, below them. And money would appear to be coming up from all these average people that were signing on. And then one coin would pay them more than the average, you know, like 10% or 20% bonus. They'd return, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80%, whatever their fee was uh, for cleaning this money. And they would give it back to the front man as a referral bonus. Dirty money came in and clean money went back out. Dirty money is basically what you call money you can't legally account for. And if you watch Breaking Bad, uh, Walter White had money that he couldn't very well spend. You know, teachers don't make that much. So, you know, he couldn't go out and buy a massive mansion or a, a bunch of really fancy cars or all this kind of stuff. Teachers on a $35,000 a year salary or whatever it was just don't make that, that amount of money. So he had to create a scenario, a story of how he got his money. So at first they crafted this gambling winnings thing and that's how he bought a car wash. But buying this car wash... He created fake customers that came in all day and they would come in for a $30 car wash. That was $30 in dirty money, money they couldn't account for. Once it goes into that company, minus expenses, it comes out as like $25 of clean money from clean revenue. Um, so, you know, organized crime through one coin would likely probably set up these offshore businesses and shell corps that receive money from the clean front men in the form of these referral commissions um, from one coin and move around and uh, come out, you know, moving from different shell corps and different businesses and come out in just various businesses that could buy real estate or pay out consulting fees, whatever it may be, so that the people uh, that are higher up in the organization can make money that's accounted for and clean from clean legal sources. Ruzia talks about Russian guys um, and their ability to intercept unencrypted communications and FBI wiretaps that were released. And Constantine has relayed stories of his run-ins with Hell's Angels, angry over Ruzia's disappearance, some other things. He got taken out, he got a gun put in his mouth, he got taken out um, to a really remote area and had a finger broken. Um, and now that he's signed up to, uh, signed this deal and up to 90 year sentence with the possibility of witness pro uh, protection dangled out there for threats. I think reading between the lines, he's going to get a time served sort of thing and put into witness protection and relocation once, once all of his testimony is basically done because he's going to be flipping on some very, very dangerous people. So if you want a better understanding of the whole OneCoin thing, I was not really aware of it until this BBC series came out. Um, you can go and go to the show notes at didyouknowcrypto.com. That's didyouknowcrypto.com slash wrapup13 for wrapup13. 
And I'll put the link to the BBC series, or if you just want to Google it, Google BBC um, Missing Crypto Queen. Or if you're watching on YouTube, right below in the description, it will be down there. So, uh, tune in on Monday, by the way, to hear uh, a, a very extensive interview that I have with Temptation. Um, also, his real name is Tim Curry, who was involved with this one coin uh, or exposing one coin for about five years now almost. Um, but uh, I think you guys are going to really enjoy that episode. But that's it for the weekly wrap up. I want to thank you guys for listening. So please subscribe. Ooh, where am I? Yep, over there. If you're in YouTube, it's going to be down in the lower right hand corner. Uh, if you're on mobile, it'll be kind of uh, uh, right there along the bar below the video. Uh, you could also go and subscribe to the podcast and whatever, you know, podcasting, uh, listening uh, app or software that you use. And if you use uh, Apple on iTunes, please leave a written review and a five stars. I'd really appreciate that. And if you go to digitalcrypto.com slash platforms, you'll find all the different podcasting platforms right there. Um, also, uh, show some love to my sponsors, eToro. Uh, they offer the best place to buy, sell, and trade Bitcoin with the largest trading community. They offer low fees and high security. So head over to digunocrypto.com slash E-T-O-R-O and get your free $50. Thanks for watching and have a great day.